0: on your monday episode of locked on raptors the canadian men's basketball team are disappointments no longer they're paris bound baby let's get to it on today's show oh because like, when i shot it, i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss.
1: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Monday. Labor Day, September the fourth. I'm your host Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms, and I've been angry about Canada basketball for much longer, but no more. Uh, today's show is, uh, or sorry, the show can be found that is on socials at Locked On Raptors on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Of course, you can follow, subscribe, to rate and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube, so you get the show each and every day. Never miss an episode. And uh, as always, you can join the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. It was popping off yesterday with people thrilled about the latest developments in Canada basketball, which include an 88-85 win over Spain to clinch a spot in the quarterfinals at the FIBA World Cup. Uh, More notably, though, uh, qualifying for the Olympics for the first time since 2000. Shout out Steve Nash. And, uh, oh God, who else was even on that team? I'm trying to... Sherman Hamilton was on that team, I think. Holy crap. Uh, It's been... Yes, it's been Todd a long, Collins. long time. Keep on rattling the names, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh <laughs> Samuel dalembert died for this. Uh he's <laughs> Sam Samuel Dalember's fine, I'm pretty sure. But remember when he was the biggest thing in Canada basketball? We're getting off track early. We're very excited here. We're gonna get into the game against Spain. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked in to enter the promo code. Just enter the promo code Locked in nba for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Oh Okay, let's get to it. Big V, uh, big win for Canada yesterday at the FIBA World Cup. 88-85, as I mentioned, over Spain in a do-or-die game, not just to advance to the quarterfinals, but also to qualify for the Olympics. And... it's fantastic news that they pulled this game out. We're going to get into our big takeaways from this game. We'll get into what it means that they've qualified for the Paris Olympics in 2024. And look ahead to into the next matchup against one Luka Doncic and Slovenia, which uh, probably pits the two best players left in the tournament against one another. That's going to be a blast. But Big V, it was a blast watching a game of that magnitude yesterday. It made me feel alive. It was great to watch a basketball game that made me feel emotions and anger and sadness and happiness all in one little bundle. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways? Takeaways from the three-point victory over Spain to punch their ticket both to the Olympics and to the quarterfinals at the FIBA World Cup. Number one,
1: Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a Ooh. bad man ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was so ridiculously clutch down the stretch. Mm-hmm. The N1, the step back for the lead, and then all the free throws. Like, he misses one of them. It, it, you probably like that's to be expected in this kind of situation, but like, Mm -hmm. especially towards like those final four, like it was like, he was getting the ball and just like letting them go. He was like, (laughs) so in the zone. It's like, I'm not like, even the thought of just like, Oh, this is a big free throw. It wasn't anywhere near his head. It's just like, okay, I got the ball. This is going in. Um, So yeah, just a monstrous performance from him down the stretch. Dylan Brooks is every bit of crazy that this Team Canada needs. Mm-hmm. And I I remember, you know, you go back to um, even uh, the France game, right? And I thought Dylan Brooks, the way he kind of set a tone to start each half. So mm-hmm. um, at the start of that game, Canada went down 7 nothing, right? And it was kind of like, whoa, you know, what, what's happening here? Dylan Brooks just takes the ball, drives through traffic, throws it down with his left hand. Um, Then he gets a steal and a breakaway dunk, and it's 7-4. And he's, you know, hooting, hollering. and (laughs) and, And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that's the energy that we needed. And then start of the second half in that game, Evan Fournier has this monster first half. And he's just like, I am going to be peak Dylan Brooks and just irritate the hell out of him. And gets mm-hmm. right in his mug. And this team needs a guy like that. And you know, I thought Kawhi FU threes were like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. But he'll seeing Dylan Brooks hit an FU3
0: in a Canada jersey is right up there. Uh, On the topic of Dylan Brooks, I'm just going to pull up our text exchanges from yesterday during the game. Uh, Because, you know, Dylan Brooks, he's a guy uh, who I think engenders a lot of emotion when you're watching. Uh, At one point, you responded, you you sent a text to me after a big shot, Dylan! Exclamation point. A little while later, I responded, Dylan, three periods afterwards to indicate displeasure with Dylan Brooks. Then you responded after he did another big thing, Dylan! With an (laughs) exclamation point, and then eventually, after that last big three, he hit hit I replied with Dylan I've been (laughs) converted I'm a Dylan Brooks believer now baby Um, it was yeah I I think for me the big takeaway from that game besides the fact that Hamilton's own Shea Gildas Alexander uh, were it not for it being 40 degrees out yesterday, would have been in the streets of Hamilton, just hammering pots and pans, shouting Shay's name and MVP as he was getting those MVP chants in Indonesia, as Dan Schulman noted on the broadcast. Pretty awesome. Um, you know, aside from Shay being incredible, aside from Dylan Brooks coming through big time, I think for me, this game felt like maybe the first time in my, you know, adult Canada basketball watching life, at least on the men's side, obviously, the women have had their success. Um, but on the men's side where... I felt like they were up to the grime that is FIBA basketball and like the sort of nastiness that comes with it. Spain was just so like well coached. Shout out Sergio Scariola, looking great as always, looking slicked back, beautiful. Um, that Indonesian humidity doing him wonder doing wonders for his hair. Um, but I, I think. Yeah, normally you get into those games and you just kind of assume, okay, like these teams that are more sort of schooled in the FIBA style of play, these more physical, more sort of team-oriented squads, they're going to be the teams that can put together real possessions when things matter because they play as one, they have, you know, connectivity, even if they're not the most talented in the world. And their sort of, their physicality, I find, has just always been something that Canada has really struggled to match with. And I think this was an example of Sisyphus finally getting the roll, like the ball up to the top of the hill or the rock whatever he's pushing. Why was he pushing a ball? I don't know. Uh pushing a rock up to the top of the hill. And he finally did it. And, and I think that, you know, to me gives me a lot of confidence going forward. Look, it could have totally fall apart in the next game against Slovenia. I, Luka Doncic and Fiba is like a, a nasty dude to play, no doubt. But it, it really was like an oh They are up to the task that is FIBA basketball and the sort of different game that it is. You often see the Canadians and Americans as well struggle with the lack of space, with the tightness of the whistles on defense, with just sort of navigating and towing the line in a way that you don't have to in the NBA, where everything's kind of catered to offense and free-flowing and space and all of this. And it was bloody remarkable to see them really push through and kind of survive that gauntlet in a game of that magnitude. Did you have any thoughts on that specific element? And was there anyone on Spain in particular who you thought was maybe just going to FIBA them out of the gym? Shout out Santi Aldama and Willy Hernan Gomez, I guess. Yeah, no, I think
1: it's a great point you make. And I think watching the Brazil game, watching this game, I've just kind of been like, hey, yes, the FIBA officiating can be very frustrating,
0: but it is what it is. This is not something new that we've learned. And right? it's both ways. It's not like Canada was getting the short end. They were getting plenty of favorable I mean, calls their way too. We got a lot going our way in that second half. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was
1: probably just what what evened things out, right? Um, the first half was not kind to us. And so I think I view it the same way I viewed uh, the Canada men's soccer team hmm. in CONCACAF, right? Like we're going to... Comp- Plain about the officiating and getting Concacaf as long as we're not good enough to actually mm-hmm. overcome it, right? Mm-hmm. And that was my thing with watching this team. It's like, this team is good enough to overcome that. And they just got to go out and do it. And they did. And I think, um, you know, in terms of takeaways, I talked about Shea. I talked about Dylan. Got to talk about Jordy Fernandez, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think he was great against Brazil, but... To make the big call of saying, hey, we got to go small. We got to be able to switch everything and cut into, you know, all <laughs> all the cuts and the passing that every and everything that Spain brings to the table, go smaller. You know, Kelly, we respect and love everything you've done for the program. But mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think is not your game right now, man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so to make that call and make that adjustment was huge. Um And I, I think down the stretch, the way they closed it out. And obviously, Kelly being Kelly, he's like the biggest cheerleader on the bench mm-hmm. uh, and fully supportive. Uh, and so uh, I think things like that made a huge difference. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, to just put the officiating aside and say, hey, this is, we're not going out like this. We're not going down like this. You, can, I mean, even the start of that fourth quarter, like the way Dylan got it started, it was like, man, like, we're not going to be talking about that seven point possession mm-hmm. at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
0: sure was thinking about that seven point possession for a good long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so there was just this will that, like, no, man, we came here to accomplish a mission. We are not leaving without accomplishing that mission. Um, and as Shay put it, we came to accomplish two missions. We've accomplished one. Now, number two is to go ahead and win this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah that that is uh yeah we'll, we'll get to the winning this thing in the final segment of the show we <laughs> are going to talk about the the sort of big overarching thing which is the olympics everyone cares about the olympics for good reason and we will get into uh what it means to qualify for 2024 and how the team might change in shape a little bit with some extra additions between now and 2024 we'll do that coming up in just one second here as we continue to uh you know gleefully hoot and holler over Canada picking up a massive win at the world cup over Spain we'll do that in just a sec but First, got to tell you, better friends over at Bird Dogs who, man, they make clothes that I cannot believe how bloody comfortable they are, but they are and they shock me every single time from their shorts to their hats to their pants. I wore a pair of their pants while I was on vacation out in BC, went for a hike and they were the best hiking pants I've literally ever worn. Bird Dogs makes clothes so comfortable and it's completely changed the game. They also have changed the game when it comes to undergarments. You don't gotta wear underwear anymore. Guess what? They have a built-in comfort lining to make it so underwear is not even a thing you gotta think about anymore. A week like this, where it's like 40 degrees out in Southern Ontario, melting all over the place, you're gonna want your Bird Dogs. They're gonna be breathable. They're gonna be comfortable. They're gonna, again, have that comfort lining. They have anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day. And they're functional for any occasion, whether it's golfing, a date, an evening out on the town the pool a workout lounging work whatever it is i gave a pair of bird dogs to my dad they're his favorite shorts now too it's taken over the world go to birddogs.com locked in nba to enter the promo code locked on nba at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I don't want to take mine off. We promise you either way, they're going to be your favorite shorts. Go check them out. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA okay we continue on here with your first listener today thanks so much to our everydayers for tuning in just a heads up we'll be back to daily posting of the podcast monday through friday on september the 18th so keep an eye out there we'll have plenty on tap this week including tomorrow's episode with joe wolfond he wrote a piece last week for the score about why scotty barnes is one of if not the most interesting players in the nba this season and we're going to dig into that on tomorrow's show with joe so look forward to that but we continue our talk now about Canada and their uh, advancement to the quarterfinals at the World Cup and, of course, to the Paris 2024 Olympics. We'll get into Luka Doncic and Slovenia on deck next in a sec, but let's start here with uh, qualifying for the Olympics. It's been a long time coming, V. I remember back in like 2010, 2011, you start hearing whispers of, oh, there's this guy, Andrew Wiggins, and there's all oh, Tristan Thompson, there's all these sort of up and coming Corey Joseph. Oh, this Canadian wave is coming. And it's taken a long time to bear fruit, but it finally has, after many disappointments, Venezuela back in 2015, uh, Czechia back in 2021 on home soil in the last chance tournament. Uh, Very, very bad. And sort of some of the darkest moments I've had as a sports fan. Really, really hated those games. It's the reason why I was pretty apprehensive coming into this tournament about Canada, even with all of the signs pointing towards this being a different type of team, as it turns out it is uh big v what does it mean for you for them to be in the olympics next summer i know it's just you know it's the olympics it's every four years you know maybe it's not viewed as like the be-all end-all by a lot of people but it is the biggest best on best tournament there is and it's pretty damn cool that canada is going to be back in there for the first time since you or i were uh, like barely cognitive human beings (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean the last time canada was in the olympics i wasn't
1: living in canada so yeah (laughs) there you go um I think it's a huge, huge accomplishment. I think it's long overdue, and I think as far as the program is concerned, you know, there have been conversations about sponsorships and you know having to build this program out and things like that. And you're, I think, this will be able to get the program to have a much more solid foundation and mm-hmm. base, uh, and then on top of that. You know, we we can talk about the kids who will watch this moment and, you know, will watch Paris 2024 and be inspired. But I think as far as winning in men's Canada basketball is concerned, there will be all these guys who have watched this moment and say mm-hmm. they want to be a part of Paris, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think everyone wants to be a part of a legacy, right? And so, for example, when you think of the U S 92 dream team, right? Yeah. Everyone since has been like, Oh, you know what? We kind of want that for ourselves, right? That's Mm -hmm. how you get LeBron in there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised Steph. This is probably his last shot at playing in the Olympics. So I, I I would be surprised if he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone wants to be a part of that. And so now when you create this moment for Canada, like you expect Jamal to be there, you expect Wiggins to be there. Um, and then we'll see how the roster pans out in terms of decisions that'll be have to be made between like Nembard and Mathurin and all these choices that you're gonna have to make now. Because guess what? They'll all want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you create the next cycle. Yeah. Cause they they'll be like, okay, you, you as Canada basketball, as Rome Barrett, you can come out and just say now, hey, if you're not in it from 2024, you can't show up at the last minute at 2028. And Mm -hmm. expect to be there Mm -hmm. and now it's like okay yeah if i really want to be a part of this i got to be there from the beginning okay fine i'll do it
0: you know yeah it's like a positive feedback loop of national team (laughs) buy-in right like it's it's exciting to see where it could go i mean I'm fascinated by what the team's going to look like next year, right? Like, I-, I think we know a lot of the names that will be there. Health provided, obviously. You know, there's injuries to guys and all this stuff you got to kind of consider. Um, you know, you don't know who's going to be down, who's going to need a summer off. The contract situation hangs over a lot of these guys when you go into the off-seasons as well. Maybe the Olympics, there's a little bit more sort of uh, desire for guys to get things taken care of so they can play and all that. But, um, you know, w- what sort of... Additions, what do you expect to this roster for next summer? You mentioned Jamal Murray. He feels like an obvious one. And to get Shea and Murray together in a backcourt in an Olympics, I mean, you want to give yourself a puncher's chance of meddling. That's the way to do it. It's pretty thrilling. I'm really glad that we're not sitting here talking about Jamal Murray taking time off out of this tournament, not going to take care of his body after a long season as being a thing that costs them a chance at the Olympics. That like a huge sort of weight off everyone's shoulders, I think. Um, and it would have been, I think, unfair score sent towards Jamal Murray, but it would have happened for sure. Um, glad that's not a thing anymore. You assume he's going to be there. I still certainly have questions about, like, the front court and, and who they're going to add in there. Does Chris Boucher get a look? Is he the type of center you really want to have in a FIBA environment? I don't know. Um, what Might he have gotten bludgeoned even worse by Willie Hernan Gomez than the Canadian centers already did yesterday? Probably. Um, you know, obviously, you're going to have the younger contingent of Shaden Sharp, Ben Matherin. You know, these are good problems to have. You know, the Ra- I keep calling them the Raptors. Canada is almost at the point where they could field like an NBA, like a full NBA B squad, essentially, um, you know, in addition to their A squad, that's a good place to be. But it also means there are going to be some tough decisions to be made. Uh, any sort of, you know, you're looking a year out, any tough roster decisions you're already kind of ruminating on that could be key as far as how this Canadian team's built in Paris for 2024?
1: Yeah, I mean, when, when you just project out, like, You expect Jamal to be there. You expect Wiggins to be there. You look at guys who are on the back end of this roster. Mm. You're looking at, you know, Phil Scrub. You're looking at um, Trey Bell Haynes. Trey Bell Haynes, yeah, right. Um, And so, you know, how much uh, better does Zach Eadie get uh, a year from now? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know, again, you think about size. Like, if he gets to a certain level, like that's going to be an important type of. Uh, option to have uh, 100% on your bench. And so mm-hmm. uh, those are the considerations that you have to have going into it. The other thing I will say is the Olympics, in some ways, is an easier tournament than the FIBA World Cup. Right. Because uh, even now, when you look at these quarterfinalists, six European teams, only two of them are going to be in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest are going to have to go into a qualifying event. Right. Um, and so. Uh, it's it's a lot smaller. Uh, you don't have 32 teams there. You think about the road that Canada has taken just to get to the quarterfinals, right? Mm-hmm. To take on France, take on a, 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 what's turned out to be a very good Latvia team, uh then obviously upset by Brazil, take out Spain to get to the quarterfinals. Now you've got Luca, um, and there's still potentially US or Germany in the finals. You know, as you project things out, like. It's it's very encouraging that Canada has already done this and mm-hmm. this team could be better for what could be an
0: easier path uh, at the Olympics. Absolutely. It does speak to how much of a gauntlet this tournament is, that they are four and one with uh, like a triple digit positive point differential. And they were literally four points away from not being here at all and having yeah. to go to one of the qualifying tournaments. It's a tough road, man. And yeah, I, I mean, obviously you want to see them go further. I would say that success has already been achieved at this tournament. We talked about this last week about what we were hoping to see and, and sort of what the expectation should be after I believe just one game had been played, maybe two. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times, man. And, and yeah, you know, We'll see about, you know, I think Zach Eadie is a really interesting guy in particular because there's no one shaped like him in Canada basketball right now. Uh, and, you know, does he develop to the point where you're he's, you know, like worthy of the roster spot in the Olympic roster? How does that affect someone like it? Does Kelly O'Linick or Dwight Powell, one of these guys who have sort of been around a long time, do they get the short end of the stick just because of the, the roster crunch? It's going to be... Really fun. It's, you know, my entire life has been spent every, you know, every year looking at, you know, you get like a down day in the NHL and they'll be like, what's the next Canadian Olympic roster look like for hockey? Uh, And, they you know, they're not even in the Olympics, but they still do it because it's content. Uh, It'd be nice to have that for basketball and uh, sort of just imagining the roster and all of that. We'll have plenty of time to discuss all that, but just an awesome, awesome achievement and uh, really excited to see them on the world's biggest stage next summer. In Paris, no less. Uh, We're going to come back on the other side and get into what's next for Team Canada, which is Slovenia and Luka Doncic, and uh, probably a pretty difficult matchup with arguably the best player left in the tournament against the second best player left in the tournament and Shekildas-Alexander. We'll get to that in just a sec. But first, just a reminder, go check out Locked On Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are maddening, but they keep on sort of getting by against these very bad National League teams, and they're in a decent position. Go check out Craig Ballard. He's telling you what to believe, what to think, what to feel about your Toronto Blue Jays over on Locked On Blue Jays each and every day at your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. All right, Big V. Let's uh, round this out with a look at what's next for Canada. Slovenia on Wednesday, eight thirty a.m. Uh, it's it's a big one. It's pretty cool to see Luka Doncic up against Canada in a bracket. That's very exciting. Uh, your early impressions of this matchup, Slovenia. You know they've been probably the best team in the tournament so far. One of the best teams in the tournament so far, at the very least. Obviously they're in the final eight. That stands to reason. But uh, Luka Doncic is a monster and he knows the FIBA game. Obviously, he kind of has like a very FIBA brand of meanness, uh, which is conducive to a tournament like this. What are your early thoughts on this matchup between Canada and Slovenia? Uh, I think Canada go in as slight like favorites. Hmm.
1: Uh, I think, you know, the Luca factor is very real and how he can orchestrate the game. Uh, I think, you know, one of the issues that Canada has kind of had to deal with over the course of this tournament, when we've seen them in their low points is maybe an inability to really dictate the pace of the game. Right. And guess what Luca specializes in (laughs) (laughs) dictating the pace of the game. So I think that's going to be something that's really important. um, And how they're able to defend him. Um, You know, I watched that Slovenia, Australia game and Mike Toby was, phenomenal in that game uh, playing that supporting role and I think what was really impressive to me was Luca picked up his fourth foul again FIBA five fouls and you're out he picked up his fourth foul early in the third it was like Mm. eight minutes still left in the third and they went uh, a decent stretch without him and were able to sustain they bent but they didn't break uh, against Australia and I thought that stretch in particular was eye-opening to you know kind of hold the fort without him and so Uh, You know, the X-Factor is going to be that three-point shooting team. They're not a very good three-point shooting team, but, you know, if Luca can create enough looks and they can knock down enough of them, um, we've seen that that can be a problem for Canada. And so, uh, again, I would say Canada are slight favorites going into it. Um, But, you know, this is the danger of playing someone like Luca in a
0: single elimination Mm -hmm. uh, scenario. Yeah, I mean, on paper, you know, you have exactly one NBA player on this Slovenia team. That doesn't undercut the talent on the team. Obviously, these guys play for high-level squads in in Europe all over the place. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt who's got the talent edge here. But again, that doesn't always matter in FIBA. And, you know, I feel like I'd maybe be compelled to be like, you should just double team Luka Doncic, do the Nick Nurse against a star thing and throw everything at him. But you run a real risk against like a FIBA schooled team, a European infused team of getting murdered by four on three situations by dudes who just know how to pass and cut and move off the ball and make good when a guy gets double teamed. So I don't know how viable that'll be. Um, We've seen Dylan Brooks suffer from foul trouble quite a bit. We've seen RJ Barrett get into foul trouble quite a bit as well. We've seen Lou Dort, uh, you know, kind of on and off in this tournament. You know, I would assume those three guys are going to get most of the shots to guard Luka in this game. What is your level of confidence that individual defender-wise, Canada has enough to at least make Luka work and kind of make this a bit of a slog for him?
1: Yeah, I I think... um between brooks and dort you try to make that matchup as physical as possible um obviously we've we've seen the foul trouble that they can get into Mm -hmm. um but i think you know you just kind of lay it all on the line and see where the chips fall uh i think just as important on the other end you know make sure he's working as hard as possible uh get him involved um consistently uh in you know defensive actions for them and so I think that's going to be the key. And, you know, I made this point on X, <laughs> uh, but... You can call it Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone knows what you're talking about. <laughs> I think there is going to be a level of freedom that this Canada team now plays with, mm-hmm. having clinched the Olympic spot. And yep. I think we we saw some of that pressure show against Brazil. Uh, I, I think we definitely saw some of that pressure show Uh, against spain and then eventually they overcame it but now i think there'll be a freedom to kind of just go out there and play basketball um and and so i'm expecting good things on wednesday Uh, all respect (laughs) to luca and slovenia but uh i think this is a great shot uh at at least a podium finish for canada
0: Yeah, and look, they avoid the U.S. side of the bracket. They will play the winner of Lithuania-Serbia. Of course, Lithuania spanked the U.S. in their mostly meaningless last game of the second group stage. Uh, The rest of the bracket, you got Italy against USA up at the top. Germany-Latvia, winner of that, will play the winner of Italy-USA. And then again, Lithuania-Serbia, Canada-Slovenia. What's your sort of, let's just do it. Let's just go through the bracket. It's only like six games. Let's do it. Uh, Italy-USA, who you got? USA. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Germany, Latvia. Germany's been awesome in this tournament. Dennis Schroder, one of the favorites for MVP, which uh, Raptors fans surely would love to see. Uh, where are you at here? Latvia, are they going to come bomb threes, or is Germany too good for them? Yeah, a lot of respect for Latvia, but I think Germany comes out of this one. Lithuania, Serbia. That game is going to be nasty.
1: Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to wake up for that one. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a battle. And mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah i think i will go with lithuania um just because i think serbia has been damn good uh minus obviously the upset loss to italy mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah i think lithuania just got a lot going for them with the size and uh the shooting but man yeah can you imagine if jokic
0: was in there too i mean it would be uh, nasty as hell uh like <laughs> Look, that game—the winner of that game will be the people who get to watch it, and uh, whichever company is supplying Band-Aids and gauze uh, <laughs> to the World Cup. <laughs> uh, Canada, Slovenia—you taking Canada?
1: I'm taking Canada.
0: All right, so that sorry, who did you say between Lithuania and Serbia? You got Lithuania?
1: I'm taking Lithuania just, but okay, yeah, I would obviously I'd be taking I'd be taking Serbia if Jokic was there.
0: All right, so then you've got USA, Germany in the semifinal. Are you going to pick the upset here? um sorry what was the last one you said usa germany in the semifinal. oh usa germany in the semis
1: (sighs) do it yeah you want to do it do it (laughs) (laughs) give me give me germany i mean it's not crazy crazy. we don't have an update on on franz yet right like i don't believe so i don't yeah i don't yeah I, i think that's the x factor for me i think I think they do need them for that one. Right. Just because when you think about the wings on the U.S. um, Yeah. My, my heart says Germany. but
0: uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with
1: the U.S. Uh, unless Franz is back for that one.
0: Yeah. The U.S. Look, wh- whenever the U.S. sends their B team, I'm just waiting for it. I'm waiting for the massive collapse. Maybe well, they learn the us U.S.-Canada to... final then. That would be- let us be the ones to do it. <laughs> So you got Canada over Lithuania in the semis. Ah oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's I kind of fear that might be the end of the road I, yeah. on account of who the hell guards Jonas. Who who the hell yeah, guards the size, FIBA Jonas?
1: The size is a problem. The shooting is a problem. They're so they're such a well-oiled machine. Um so, yeah, I think that one you would say that Lithuania are favorites, slight favorites, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, my heart says Canada, my mind says Lithuania. Just
0: so your heart, or your your head has a U.S. Uh, Lithuania final. Your heart has a Germany Canada final um that's exciting we won't ask you to pick the final it's too far out there's we we gotta see these games before we can really draw conclusions there but uh yeah it's exciting fun little remainder remaining bracket here of knockout games it all gets started tomorrow and uh i'm quite looking forward to it all big v i'm looking forward to the next time we chat pal because i love chatting with you all the time do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there i know you got a lot going on during the world cup uh yeah i've been
1: recapping stuff uh for Sportsnet, and so Um, I will be recapping the Wednesday this week. So that will be the Canada game against Slovenia uh, and the early one, which uh, I believe uh, is Serbia and Lithuania. Yes. uh, Yeah.
0: Oh, wait. Wednesday? No. Germany Latvia is Wednesday. (coughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah, those are the two games I'll be recapping for Sportsnet. So you can check that out. And besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob or X
0: yes x uh, everyone calls it that it's uh, even though you still go to twitter.com to log into it it's very <laughs> cool uh, it all makes a lot of sense the guy behind the website a genius so we're gonna leave it there thank you so much for tuning in thanks for supporting the show uh, it's much appreciated we'll be back again tomorrow as i mentioned with joe wolfond of the score and pound the rock to talk about scotty barnes and why he just might be the most interesting man in the nba world this coming season uh, we will uh, leave it there subscribe follow rate review on your favorite podcast apps and on youtube so you never miss an episode of the show leave a rating leave a review tell a friend etc etc and uh, have yourself a wonderful rest of your labor day we'll talk to you again on tuesday thanks for hanging bye